his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. All right, so just reviewing some of the things I've read about about Donald Trump and this taking of documents and them instantly becoming declassified simply because he has taken them home. The, um, the comments from people who held... Uh, powerful positions inside of the government in recent decades is that that whole idea is preposterous further he's he's being charged with having violated three separate criminal codes and those statutes don't necessarily require that the material be declared classified or any level of classified to violate the law for example the espionage act it criminalizes the unauthorized retention or disclosure of information related to national defense that could be used to harm the United States or aid a foreign adversary, regardless of whether it's classified information or not. If it is unauthorized retention of information related to national defense that could harm the United States if it were to go into the hands of an enemy, then that is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Despite its name, the Espionage Act is not limited to instances of spying for a foreign power and is written in a way that broadly covers mishandling of security-related secrets. The government has frequently used it to prosecute officials who have leaked information to the news media for the purpose of whistleblowing or otherwise informing the public, for example. Congress enacted the Espionage Act in 1917 during World War I, decades before President Harry Truman issued an executive order that created the modern classification system under which documents can be deemed confidential, secret, or top secret. The president is the ultimate arbiter of whether any of those classifications applies or should be lifted according to the Espionage Act passed by Harry Truman. So maybe that's what um, the last couple of callers have been talking about. But this, the Espionage Act doesn't apply to confidential or classified or whatever kind of coding inside a highly classified. It has to do with secrets that are, um, that are potentially undermining to the United States if they fall into enemy hands, such as, such as the names of people who are current spies on our behalf say in a foreign country the president handles materials like those he can't be allowed to just do what he wants with those documents no matter how 
um, outside of the control of the security apparatus there. Doesn't that make sense to you? 860-529-842. How do we save America? That's the issue I'm working on. Don't forget to call in a rant. We'll play the rants today, yes. 860-751-4698. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. I just one more thing I want to tell you from this explanation of the charges against Donald Trump. Section, no, are they charges yet? Am I speaking the wrong language? Section 1519, the laws under which the order was issued. Section 1519 sets up a penalty of up to 20 years in prison per offense for the act of destroying or concealing documents or records with the intent to impede, obstruct, or influence the investigation or proper administration of any matter. So so one of these laws, 1519, Section 1519, under which Trump is being investigated, has to do with obstruction of justice. And that obstruction of justice may be the fact that he won't turn over those documents that the federal government wants access to for whatever reason. And his failure to turn them over is grounds for them to go in and grab the documents. The warrant does not specify whether that obstruction effort is a reference to the government's attempts to retrieve all the publicly owned documents that should be given to the National Archives or something separate. Could be either way. So there's two of the three laws he's being charged under. And so you, you can see it's a broader conversation than just uh, the declassification or classification of documents. But I also don't, I don't buy uh, the argument that they're selling on Fox News, if that's where it's coming from, that uh, he has a magic wand and can magically make classifications change simply by dreaming it. 860 Michael Lebowitz is here. Lebo. Hello, Todd. It's a great discussion you're having, and I think you're spot on, but I'd like to deviate from it if that's okay. Sorry, you're talking, you're sounding like you're on the moon and there's a little chipping going on. Say that again. I said you're having a great discussion, but I would like to deviate. Yes, yes, give us a deviated septum. Go ahead. (laughs) So last week you had a former correctional officer call in to comment on something I had said. And I've been pondering it ever since. And really, I've been pondering it for a long time. And what he said was that, you know, there's bad people in every you know, scope of employment. So to say that there's bad COs, you know, basically it's not really. A CO is a, um, a uh, correctional, correctional officer. officer. So you're taking issue yes. with something that somebody said about what you said. Well, yes, and the reason is is because I've run into this line of thinking quite often. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, has often said to me, Mike, you should talk about the good CEOs sometime. And mm-hmm. a, a, a correctional officer that I had a good rapport with actually said to me one time, he said, hey, Lee, you have to admit there's good CEOs. This is a 20-year veteran of the, of the force. I said to him, name five. He could not do it. So... I, yeah, but I, I, I faced that similar argument with my diatribes on 
the destructiveness of government as the most evil force on the planet. Specifically, uh, the the Connecticut state government is like the ugliest thing you could you could imagine having in America today. They're just corrupt thieves, and as an institution, and people will say, "Well, they can't all be bad." And and my answer is that's not it's not relevant whether some of them are good. The system is corrupt. It's it's dominated by corrupt people who have adapted themselves, even if they went into government being idealistic and, and motivated by issues of integrity, once you get inside of a system that's as corrupt as Connecticut state government and you decide you want to spend your life there and survive in that realm, then you have to become part of it. And it is a corrupt system. So it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant if there are good people in it. Of course there's good people in it. Uh, well, that's kind of what I want to take issue with. And I'm not talking about good people. What I want to state unequivocally, Todd, make no mistake, this is not an isolated problem. The overwhelming majority of correctional officers mm-hmm. are not good at their jobs. And I am prepared to back that statement up with a purely logical argument. And the fact of the matter is, Todd, it would be surprising if the case. If I were to say to you, we're going to set up a, a, a job, and that job is going to be unionized, and that job is going to take place outside of you from the public who pays their salary. Wait, hey, let me back you up a little bit because it's hard. Because you are, this is so deeply embedded in your head, this argument, it's hard for us mm-hmm. to feel why this is important. Why is this discussion of great importance to you? Well, it's of great importance to me because I've spent 25 years in the system. I've spent 25 years in a lie. The lie is is that the Department of Correction provides opportunities to inmates whereby those inmates can reform themselves and get out so that when inmates get out and fail, the blame never goes to the department. It goes to the inmates. And granted, inmates are 100% responsible for their behavior, period. However, if you're going to set up a system and you're going to pay people and you're going to claim that you're going to reform these inmates and then you don't do it, you have to be responsible. Oh, oh, but but then why why is this a discussion about the behavior of the employees rather than the system within ah. which they operate? Because the employees, your line-level COs, are the people that have the most contact with the offender population on a day-to-day basis. But they're the ones swimming in the sewer, and you're mad at them for the stench. What I'm mad at them for is, well, a couple of things. What I'm mad at them for is that they defend it, for one, as that gentleman did last week when he called. And because of the example they set and because of the environment that they create in this facility, or not just this facility, in every facility I've ever been in. I mean, you could back it up and discuss the whole system if you want, but ultimately those correctional officers, what a lot of them would then do is say, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, the people down in Weathersfield, that's where the the headquarters is. Yeah, they're corrupt. But us guys, we do a stand-up job. No, they do not. And by the way, that is what the caller last week said, and that's what I was responding to, is his claim, which I've heard ad nauseum, that the vast, you know, the majority of correctional officers do a good job. It's just a few bad apples. I just want people out there that are paying their salaries 
to understand that's not true. Well, if even it's if it were like, true, if there's a few bad yeah. apples, then you have a system that protects the few bad apples. And what's the expression about a few bad apples? They spoil the whole bunch. Right? Exactly. So what they're yeah. saying when they say there's only a few bad apples who have the right to permanent employment because they are members of a corrupt special interest group that is there for the purpose of corrupting the system. Well, they've confessed. Well, that's true. But here's the thing, Todd. If you have a situation, there's a directive, for instance. The, the, the administrative directive is what governs staff behavior, right? So the administrative directive calls for a correctional officer, if he sees one of his co-workers behaving unethically, he is supposed to report him or her, right? Does anybody listening really think that correctional officers are reporting each other in that way? But isn't this I mean, your whole strange. gripe with the prison system, is that it is not one of integrity, that any official communique, such as the one you just gave us, is a facade. It's there to create the yeah. illusion to the outside world that the Department of Corrections actually cares about how it behaves, other than that it follow all of the union rules. Yes. Yes. Now, when you have correctional officers in the building that have cell phones that are against the directives, but they nearly all of them have them using in plain sight, when it's a rule that us and them wear masks, which I think is ridiculous, but it's the rule nonetheless, and on any given day, you could see up to 15 officers in the hallway gathered in close quarters with each other without wearing masks. What that does is breathe contempt for rules. Inmates see that, and the connection they make is, oh, look, nobody obeys the rules. I just happen to get caught and come to jail for it. When you're sending that message, you're putting the public at risk, and you're ripping the public off. Yes, by taking a paycheck but, but this, this is my point again. I mean, I think you're a little too entrenched in your own perspective as an inmate, but... There, there is really little difference inside the prison between uh, you guys being victimized yeah. by the guards and the guards being victimized by the system. There, there, you can't behave with integrity uh, uh, I, as I a prisoner. Well, let me finish the point so everybody understands what I'm saying. What, what okay. I'm suggesting is that if you are a correctional officer and you decide you're going to follow official policy instead of the norms by which all of your fellow workers behave every day, you're risking at least your um, your friendship and status with the rest of the organization. But if you were to keep up that behavior, you're putting your survival in the organization at risk, I would think. And the same is true of prisoners, that if you guys were to actually follow the rules rather than do what you're told by any particular correctional officer at any given time, no matter how much it might contradict what another one might have told you two minutes before, that you're in trouble. Isn't that the same thing? You're both trying to survive a corrupt stench. What you said is true. What I disagree is that you shouldn't do it anyway. Because there's a saying, I believe it was Edmund Burke, that the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. On, on this show, in print, on the news, both Brent McCall and I, for years now, have been putting it out there what this system is about. Oftentimes, we say things that inmates don't like. If you remember, Todd, when I first came on the show, you got an email that told you that the inmates were not going to be happy with me being on your show. Now, now, you're not talking about people not being my friends. You're talking about murderers 
getting very angry at some of the things that I say. Right. If me, at 5'8", 165 pounds, can speak the truth and put myself at odds with everybody around me, then somebody making 60, 70 grand a year with benefits can do the same. And to say, well, no, because they're going to lose friends, I don't care. Have some guts, man. I mean, you know how many people at CEOs that listen to your show that tell me, I like what you have to say, Leibowitz. Do they call the show and say that? Do they say, yes, Leibowitz is telling the truth? Yes, he knows what he's talking about? No. You know why? Because they're afraid. It yes. tells me two things. One, they're gutless cowards. And two, the system is one that they feel they have to be afraid of, both of which are problematic. And that's exactly what, I, what gets to me. It's this whole system, and it's just a microcosm, God, for the entire government that we live under. It's an incentive structure that when you have disincentives or malincentives, as the case may be, you're going to end up with a mess. And like I was going to say earlier, you've got a situation where you have unionized employees working behind closed and locked doors who the only people that are ever going to complain about them likely are people that nobody likes anyway, criminals. If I were to tell you that that was going to be the situation, you would have no problem predicting the result. Not, none at all, because the incentive structure would be such as to create a divide is what we ultimately have. I'm with you. I think we're with each other. I think we're actually in agreement, even though we're having an argument. Be no, we, we are in agreement, Todd. The only disagreement I have is I'm not going to excuse bad behavior simply because the system does that well i i don't mean to excuse bad behavior but one minute left. what i like to do that little lady is always there counting off the minutes in the conversation the um she is. and you know what she follows the rules exactly the way she's programmed and that's what i feel like they do inside the system they do it exactly as they're programmed that is you don't actually follow the rules and I think that's just normal life we can be upset that people don't have integrity but people with integrity are rare. And if you set up a system sure. that has two tiers to it, one is the official statements that are there strictly for the purposes of creating an illusion to fool the public, which is what the state government does with everything it does, and particularly in the Department of Corrections, and the reality, the true culture under which things operate and the cultural norms that have to be followed inside the prison. You guys are stuck between those things. So no matter what you do, you're breaking a rule. And no matter which directive you follow, you're in violation of Thank another directive. Securus. Ah. Goodbye. Bye, Mike. Forgot about that minute counting off. That's what a conversation with a prisoner is like. Isn't that great? I love her. <laughs> She's just such a bureaucrat. Doesn't matter how good the conversation is. Couldn't she have cut us a little slack? Hey, this is a good conversation, guys, so keep it going another minute. You have one minute left. I'll give you one extra minute because this is good stuff. I want to listen. Why can't she say that? <laughs> Come on, man. So this is why I like Leibowitz, because he tells us about prison life. Prison life is corrupt life. Why? Because it's part of the government. Everything they do is fraudulent, and everything is an illusion designed to preserve than the order of things as it is now, which is corrupt. That is, the purpose of the prison isn't to correct people. These, these people don't know the first thing about correcting people. All they do is throw them in cages and make sure they don't upset the political standing of the governor so nobody inside their system gets in trouble with the governor's office. The governor knows nothing about the prison system. He does nothing to manage it. He just tells the guy who runs it, 
You take care of it and make sure nothing ever gets into the news that would cause me embarrassment. We'll do fine with each other, all right? And then that's the end of it. 860-522-9842. We're going to get a traffic update. Mark Christopher. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Guess where I went last night, Anthony? And You can't guess, so I'm just going to answer that for you. We went We went to a party in uh, in Wolcott. I don't think I've Wolcott. ever... Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually done anything but drive through Wolcott before, but... Last night, we actually stopped there and went to a party for Rob Sampson, state senator. The state senator whose vote I trust. I, I don't know if there's anyone else. Yeah, well, Gail, Master Francesco, there's a smattering of people, but he's like he should be the leader of uh, the legislature as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so we went to the East Side Eatery, which is on, on a golf course there. It's, you know, it's that whole kind of setup you would like. <laughs> where golf is the has primacy over all other issues in life it's that kind of place it was a good time nice people yeah yeah i never uh heard of that i haven't spent a lot of time in Wolcott either so well i don't know if anybody spends a lot of time there, yeah but i've just i've never actually done something there i don't think but it, it seems like a totally normal place. It was actually beautiful because we, we got off the highway. You drive for like 10 minutes off the highway and then you just get to this quiet place. Like this is what I love about Connecticut. There's so many quiet places. There's yeah. so many trees. There's so many shades of green that Rosalie is already always commenting on and uh, pointing out to me as we drive. I've never seen another state that's like this. Not that I've seen that many states, but I'm sure out in the center of the country or out west, there's vast emptiness. But Connecticut feels like emptiness with villages every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I mean, I went to Kent to uh, hike over the weekend, mm-hmm. and it was the same kind of thing. You know, we were in the middle of nowhere hiking uh, 
doing a lot in the woods and then all of a sudden we were in main main street kent where restaurants shops whatever it was nice that's yeah, a good uh, little street. Yeah. There's not that much to do there, but when you're out in the middle of nowhere, having a main street like that is pretty cool. And they've got Swift, which is a great restaurant. There's a yeah. good chocolate shop there that's good. And there's a bunch of food places that are getting more contemporary. They're getting modernized. You know, it's not so much those old ones that that have the meatloaf with the hard gravy yeah. on top and stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or the, the open-faced turkey sandwiches. Not that I have anything against those Yeah, things, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was fun. And it, it's, I think it's, it reminded me of the most important point about Connecticut is that really everything is fine here. It's just the government that needs to be disposed of. <laughs> yes. And we tend to think of government as being the most important thing, and it only is when it's doing the wrong thing, which is what the state of Connecticut's government's been doing for a long time is always the wrong thing. Well, that's how I feel as a country. You know, it's not like everyone, generally, when we were all together breaking bread working whatever doing our thing i feel like everyone's generally good and everything's <laughs> on good terms but once everyone starts talking politics that's yes I but, go but i think for the country the government is the smaller part of the of the country and that's visible because we can we can imagine the government crumbling which it seems to be doing but we're, we're such a powerful place of business and commerce and life that it's hard for the government to uh, – it's hard to look at it and say, that's us, I think, with the federal government. Connecticut is uh, has the ability to drive everybody out to other states, which is happening enough, and importing new people to take, to take over for those old people, that that's enough maybe that the state if, – if things don't get turned around this election, that the state will be lost. 860-522-9842. I know a lot of people feel that way anyway. Not Mark Christopher, though. He's never lost. They, uh, publicly confirmed their relationship in March of 2019. They got engaged later that Who got engaged March 20th? He's probably talking about uh, the VMAs or He's something. He's always so excited. No, there was some awful award show last time. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, old, my one uh, host, Kevin Kenny, was on it. It was so disgusting. It's such pornography, popular culture. <laughs> Who was that? Shakira. No, what's her name? The Shakira. No, it wasn't Shakira last night, though, was it? Who was the star last yeah, night? Yeah, she came out with uh, Jack Harlow. They were singing First Class. Oh, I've never... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't... That no, was that's Fergie. Fergie. I'm sorry. Fergie, Fergie. yeah. Oh, Fergie, yeah. The, the big deal there was Fergie hasn't been... She hasn't been performing in public for a long time, so it was a big deal to have her out there. And Jack I thought Harlow's Fergie was a princess or something. Fergie probably is making all the money off that didn't song. Didn't Fergie marry one of the princes? In England? Uh, oh, you're talking about, yeah, yeah, the, the Fergie from the 80s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Fergie, the part Black Eyed star. Peas, Fergie. Yes, Fergalicious. Uh, Fergalicious, yes, yes. Fergalicious, she's a Mike Myers character. make the world huh? go loco. Yeah, she's too uh, much for me, this guy. <laughs> give you a little uh, Fergalicious here. This is way over my head. But I ain't promiscuous, and if you were suspicious, all that okay, good mark. I was scared yeah, of that. delicious right there. I was scared yeah, that's what it was. There was no music last night. They banned music from these music awards. Well, that's that's MTV. That's basically the story of MTV. It's a it's a cable channel that used to play videos. Yeah. And they, they really now they don't play do much of rhythms. that anymore. They thrive off Teen Mom and Catfish now. That's, yeah, that's if you're their, if you're yeah. a Teen Mom, that's where you get the that's where I you like get all catfish. the attention. Do you? Yeah. 
<laughs> as long as I don't have to fish them myself. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. But yeah, that's what I was doing all last night. I'm like, my son's 14. I go, Zach, do you, who is that? And so he's singing along to the song. He goes, oh, yeah. And I go, oh, that must be TikTok. That's all TikTok stuff. So that's why I was having trouble uh, figuring out who was who. But, all right, can we switch uh, over to the BPS? Of, yeah, yeah, not a lot of people life, watched, though, last night. That's the bottom line. Not oh, a lot good. of people were watching the show. Good news. But anyways, there if you're heading hope. in... Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, Monday afternoon, good afternoon. Chris Powell joins us at this time on Mondays. He's always in a venomous mood, and this week is is no exception. Hello there, Chris. Hey, Todd. Great to be with you. So what's your problem with rattlesnakes? <laughs> we elect too many of them. <laughs> um, you know, we had uh, this incident the other day in, in Glastonbury uh, where a guy was out in his backyard with his two dogs, and there was a rattlesnake there that bit the two dogs. The guy himself was <clears throat> lucky not to get bitten, and he was lucky he could get the dogs to a veterinary clinic in Middletown in time to save their uh, their lives. And the interesting uh, thing is that uh, while we don't have a lot of rattlesnakes in Connecticut anymore, uh, there's a an area around Glastonbury and Marlboro and East Hampton where we have them, and there's some in, I guess, Upper Litchfield uh, County. They are... Uh, uh, protected by, uh, I guess, by state uh, state law, um, even though they're venomous and you know potentially deadly. Um, you know, the bears are protected by law. The the bobcats, other predatory, uh, another predatory animal that uh, steals our dogs and cats and chickens away, uh, they're protected by law. And you know now now we we, we can't even uh, kill the rattlesnakes like uh, the previous uh, generations of Connecticut did. And I just think it's uh, I think it's nuts. There is so much love that is celebrated by the left. Why is the lefty love showering its affection on these killer animals? Well, I don't know if it's the left generally as much. You know, there is a, uh, you know, a, an animal rights constituency. And, uh, yeah, I'm sympathetic to animals. <laughs> in fact, I, I found two baby flying squirrels in my, in my fireplace this morning. Flying uh, squirrels? Yeah, babies, flying squirrels, and how they got down the chimney into the into the fireplace, I have no idea. But they're they're hopping around the yard now, so I, I hope they're okay. But you know, the flying squirrels are, are are harmless. You know, rattlesnakes and bobcats and bears are not harmless, and uh, they they do harm. They they you know attack domestic uh, animals, uh, sometimes even even people. And I don't think they should be. Uh, Protected. Instead, you know, we've got the the animal rights people are are celebrating the expansion of their their habitat. Uh, uh, you know, bobcats and rattlesnakes were almost wiped out of of Connecticut a uh, uh, hundred years ago. But you know, now uh, because they're protected uh, by by law, there's no no hunting of them, no no uh, legal killing of them anyway. Uh, they're they're spreading their uh, their habitat across the state, and I just have to. To wonder, I mean, how many bobcats and bears and rattlesnakes do you want in your town? Because it is the, you know, the the logical consequence of our law in Connecticut that eventually every every town uh, in Connecticut is going to have a bunch of bears and bobcats and rattlesnakes. 
and the animal rights people will be celebrating this as, you know, nature's uh, triumph. But this seems a metaphor for the larger tension between the sides, that somehow these— and. I, I don't think they're part of the right. I do think they're under the umbrella of the left, even though they might be a, a subculture within it, these environmentalists, these animal rights people. But, but they seem to favor the exception that leads to a destabilization of order. That, that it's a fight to get, to, to get humans lined up in rows and to have an orderly society. And, and it seems there are these certain groups on the left that are, committed firmly to the idea as if they have contempt for the idea they want to move order out and make way for people to get bit yeah i, I think uh, there's an undertone in their work uh, of, uh, of, of of wanting to eliminate human civilization re- return the uh, the planet to uh you know it's it's natural state without humans but you know humans are part of nature as well uh whether you both believe the uh, the Bible's injunction that uh, man should have dominion over the planet or or not. I mean, I, I, I do want to stand up for, you know, children and dogs not being bitten by rattlesnakes. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't need them. And uh, the rationale for protecting them in the news stories I saw seemed to be that, oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> oh, they're, they're beautiful if they haven't just bitten your ankle. Uh, you know, same thing with the with the bobcats. A friend of mine lost his cat the other day to to a bobcat. Uh, you know, bears go after uh, chickens and other uh, farm animals. Uh, you know, do we really need them? Uh, I, I don't know why we you know can't uh, can't can't protect our own kind a little bit. But this here. is one of the interesting things about our political debates. I feel this way about climate change. We've never actually discussed the things that are being done in the name of climate change and whether they will be uh, effective if we were to stipulate to the notions that are behind the, the motivation for them. And I wonder if if we have a similar kind of gap here where nobody's ever told us why we need to protect these creatures that are a threat to human safety. Well, I think the reason is that, you know, it's, it's biological uh, diversity, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, there are some pretty nasty predators in nature. Uh, you know, do you want, uh, you want alligators? You want uh, Burmese pythons, uh, you know, like they do in, uh, in Florida? You know, Florida, they, they have an open season on uh, Burmese, you know, Burmese pythons. Uh, uh, I, I don't think the, you know, the, the worst of the predatory animals ought to be... Uh, uh, protected, at least, you know, not in a, a densely populated state like Connecticut. If you want to let the, the rattlesnakes and the bobcats and uh, the cougars, you know, roam free in Wyoming, well, okay, you know, Wyoming's a big state with very few people. But uh, Connecticut, uh, that, 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 that kind of biological diversity for predators is, is not a virtue here. All right, Chris Powell, before you go, you said something nice about police, I think? Oh, yeah, there was, you know, uh, the, the terrible incident in New Haven, what was, a couple months ago, where the guy had been brandishing a gun and seemed drunk, got put in a police van, and then oh, broke yeah. his neck when the van stopped sharply to avoid an accident, and a uh, terrible incident, and then he got to police headquarters, and the cops didn't believe he was hurt. I think they thought he was, you know, Yeah, they were pretty cruel the way they treated him, it seemed. Can you check on, uh, did Chris, oh, I cut him off. Brilliant me with the phones.
Sorry, Chris. Maybe he'll call back and finish that story. That was a good story. He was just doing the setup on it, going back to the bad news on the police. And uh, I wanted to hear the good news on the police. I wanted you to hear the good news on the police. 860-522-9842. We have a few minutes before the end of the hour. And if you want to uh, jump in and, and make a comment, you can. We've got open phone lines. I'm trying to think of where we are. So, uh, so uh, we will start the rants coming up after the top of the news. And, and call the rant line if you've got something you want to tell us. 860-751-4698. And then we'll be on our merry way with the rest of the show. Um, Pat Sasser coming up today as well. And that will wrap up the last hour for it. Boy, I can't believe how fast this show has gone on. We've, we had a, we start off with a wonderful conversation on the state of the country and the Donald Trump. We're, we're in this ridiculous place with our politics where the raid on Donald Trump's home and the documents that were taken, that whole thing happens to correspond to election season. And is really putting this election into a whole different perception, popular perception. Isn't it crazy how he's still the most important person in politics? That's how bad they are. How bad? I'm not. I'm not trying to say Trump was like a this low-level politician, but it's just they're so incompetent at their job. These quote-unquote career politicians who are supposed to know what they're doing. Well, who are you talking about, though? I'm just saying Biden, I mean, all of them, they're, they're all not that good that it's still a oh, raid oh, on mean, Trump's house is that that's what shakes everything up so much yes, for but, voting season. But if you were to think in terms of conspiracies, you would assume that it's the Biden crowd that loved and maybe guided this problem to pop up right now so it could be in control of the November elections. Yeah, that's true. And that's kind of a scary thing. That's a majorly scary thing. That's what I think most people are worried about right now. What I'm worried about is is how do we as a nation manage to get past Trump and still have the American system of government? And my concern is that if we aren't careful with the way we manage things, then we lose our system of government. And if we do that just because we want to stick up for Donald Trump, then we have then we have made the major mistake. All right, Chris Powell, I'm sorry. That was my fault. I cut you off accidentally. But all I have is a minute for you to finish that story, if you can. I can, I can do it. The second incident was uh, in New Haven uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was a woman about, a young woman about to jump off uh, the roof of a parking garage, and three cops raced up there, raced over to the, the ledge and, and pulled her off, and sat her down, comforted her, and, you know, told her, look, they were here to help her and they could get help for her. It was all videotaped and put on the Internet. It was very moving, and I just like to think that it's far more representative of our police than, you know, what happened with the van incident a couple months ago. Chris Powell, that's uplifting. Well, I couldn't help it. You're not allowed to do uplifting. You can take us down in the next hour, Todd, if anybody can. <laughs> Why, thank you very much for your faith. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, bye take bye. care. Chris Powell from the Journal Inquirer. 860-522-9842. And uh, 751-4698, the rant line number.
Yep, so you've got the lay of the land for the next hour. We've got news coming up. We kick it off with traffic and and weather together on the 8s and Mark Christopher. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, Mom and Dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.